Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal. My name is Dan, and you are hearing my voice instead of Ty's opening up the show because sometimes you get the JV team, and that's okay. Ty is in Mexico. He is gallivanting. He is working on his olive complexion. I expect you to be able to hear that complexion to come through in waveform form upon his return, but it is a large weekend in college football. It actually, it's Thursday and Saturday. It's going to be an interesting week 10. So, the, of course, the show must go on. Uh, I am joined by SB Nation's own, uh, an oft, I wouldn't say oft guest of the show, but one of four people who have hosted this show without wearing a shirt in a hot tub. And his name is Hot Tub. It's Ryan Nanny from SB Nation. Ryan, how are you? How is Andy Staples not one of those four? It's a crime. I don't understand. It, it, at a certain point, we are just failing the American public. I, I as, as the celebrity hot tub, mm-hmm. I am throwing down the hot tub gauntlet and challenging Andy Staples to appear on this program yep. in a hot tub. Wow. I like, I like having challenges be part That's of this right. show. I like that element. I, I don't think we've, we've had the, the, the wherewithal to really take advantages of challenges. Although the secret verbal has been... Secret verbal's great. It's been a really nice this, way. This, unlike secret verbal, right. go ahead and tweet at Andy Staples mm-hmm. and tell him, tell, him I, tell him I called him to the hot tub map. This is true. So you can actually say... Get in the hot tub, Andy. Yeah. Wow. I really did not picture the show starting like this, but I'm glad it did. Uh, before we get into the picks and previews, um, there are new rankings. There are new rankings that have come out. The selection committee following week nine on Tuesday night decided that it was going to be the first week. We knew this going into the season that this was going to be the time, but the first selection committee rankings poll has been released. I didn't watch the special. Did you watch any of the special? No, no. Yeah, I, I just found myself not I, wanting to. I feel like I feel like then I am buying into their game. Right. And this I is don't true. want to do that. Actually, you have a beer and I have a beer next to me. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know I am a lightweight. So, I am going to crack open oh, no. quite audibly. Ooh, there it is. There it is. The cap is off. We're going capless. I have a Singha. There it is. That was not the greatest in the way of cheers. I've got a Singha. I've got a Thai is it Thai beer? Yes, it is Thai beer. What are you drinking? Uh, Brooklyn Lager, American made. Wow. Ah. All right. Because I'm proud. No. Yeah, no, we'll get into that. All right. Um, Okay, so the the rankings are out. I have the rankings in front of me. Um, Not a huge surprise in that a number of SEC West teams are at or near the top. Uh, Mississippi State followed by Florida State, Auburn, Ole Miss, and then... uh, Oregon. So Florida State and Oregon, two non-SEC teams in the top five, and then we've got three SEC teams. Your thoughts, does it, I, I really can't find a ton of meaning with this. The only things that I think, the, the big thing I think to take away from this is a better understanding of how the selection committee are thinking, will be thinking about their picks. Yeah, I agree. I think the most telling thing at the top of the rankings was the fact that they still Ole Miss turned in a kind of 
unimpressive performance, losing to LSU on the road. Yeah. And they didn't ding them unnecessarily harshly the way that the AP poll and the coaches poll did. So the fact that they're sort of saying, look, it is a season-long process. Mm -hmm. If you lose a tight road game close, we're we're not going to let that be – we're not going to let the recency of that – outweigh the fact that you beat Alabama. Which is which is great. It's the yeah. full scope of the resume rather than what have you done for me lately. You lost, we're automatically dinging you. Right. Um, that said, I think th- there are certainly things you can find on here that are a little suspect. Yeah. Um, Arizona, I'm not sure if they should be this low at this point. Yeah, I given mean... Given that they have... They they definitely have the most impressive road win of the season, I think. Yeah, it's either them or Auburn going to Kansas State. But yeah. I would I would argue that that win was a little bit uglier. But you have also the the asterisk of Oregon in their offensive the, line, their right? Injuries, but yes, yeah. that is that is in the conversation. It's hard to definitively say there is a better road win in college football. The one thing I would have liked to seen from this, and we I think we knew it wasn't going to happen. I would have liked to seen them. That was a show. nice burp break there. Thank you. Yeah, Thank no, you. I, that was well, it was classy. Yeah, um, you're not going to edit. No, absolutely this. not. So lazy. Yeah, I I do I do like the, at least that in the other polls you get to see who also got votes mm-hmm. because that gives you a little bit of insight into how the voters are working and right. what they're thinking. Right. And you know, Louisville at 25th is fine. I think there are arguments why they should and shouldn't be there. Right. It would be nice to know. Okay. Marshall's not in the top 25, are they close? Or mm-hmm. are you just done? Like, I kind of feel like the playoff committee is just done with Marshall. And that kind of yeah. sucks. It does. Just I'm, from a conversation I'm point. looking at this right now. How many non-Power 5 teams are on there? I see ECU. ECU. Notre Dame. Uh, well, I well yeah. yeah. Semi. <laughs> Yeah, so it's basically ECU, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's fine because the power there there aren't a lot of power five teams that should right. be non power five teams that should be in the conversation. Correct. Um, but it would have been nice to throw Marshall. Hey, you're in um, this sport. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, UCLA, Especially because UCLA doesn't need to be in this ranking, do they? No, absolutely not. No, they have done very little in the way of proving themselves to be a team that belongs in any conversation beyond. Oh, this team could make the Pac-12 race interesting for other for other teams. For other teams, that yeah. they have to play. Yeah, so that that would be my criticism. Take UCLA out. Yeah, move everybody below them up a slot. Mm-hmm. Put Marshall in at twenty-five, if only to say, "Hey, good job, buddy," and we appreciate you. Fair enough. Uh, anything else strike you about their evaluation process? Um, they they were looking at things strict, like they they really. Looked at it, hey, you have zero losses, you have one losses, you have one losses, one loss, you have two losses. It, it is a very ordered, other than Duke and ECU, it appears to be a very strict, this is what you have done, we're not fully looking and measuring the strength of your win in the way that, or wins in the way that perhaps other polls do. Maybe it's a thing that they're just looking at it now in this way, and then with the completion of the season, they will decide, okay, yes, this win is much better than this, or this loss is much worse than this. But it, it appears to be a very straightforward, rudimentary way of looking at it. Yeah, I think so. I, the question for me going forward is going to be how much inertia applies to this first poll. Right. This is always the complaint we got about we get about preseason polls, is mm-hmm. that there's this inevitable 
teams that aren't in the top 10 or aren't in the top 25 take right. longer to get there than they should, and teams that are in the top 25 yes. take longer to fall yeah. than they otherwise would. Will they? Are they going to look at this and say, okay, you know, if Arizona State beats Notre Dame, are they going to say, well, that's only the number 10 team? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to say, like you said, right. at the end of the year, yeah, that's a team that only lost to Florida State, and that's a really right. quality win for Arizona State. It's, I don't know. They, the, the report was that they were looking at strength of schedule in terms of teams with winning records and not winning records without using margin of victory. Which is a way to do it. It's a way to look at things yep. in the blindest, weirdest way. To, to, to me. But yeah, it's, it's fine. I think they know that there, so much of this is, remains to be played out. Right. That I don't care that much who they had. Right now in their top twenty-five, this is this is a hundred percent a reasonable way of looking at it. Um, other other places in college football that are sort of newsworthy: Ohio State loses like their third string running back, but Rod Smith had seen some important carries. He's their bigger back option. Certainly would have perhaps seen play against Michigan State in their physical defense. Also, Carlos Williams rumored to have been suspended, and then all sorts of domestic violence story. Lines seem to be appearing. And a robbery investigation as Robbery well. investigation over a drug deal gone bad mm-hmm. or something like that. But he is not suspended. He has not been arrested. And he will be in the lineup at, as of the time we're recording this on Wednesday night. He will be in the lineup against Louisville uh, for their game on the road Thursday night. So there is that. Also, Todd Gurley suspended two more games. Some big running back news, heavy show. Todd Gurley suspended two more games. Uh, he will be back for, I believe, the Auburn game. Uh, the early word was it was $400 that he accepted for autographs. It now appears to have been $3,000. We'll also be doing community service, and it's all super dumb. Yeah. The one thing that was interesting, I think, about the NCAA, what came out of this decision, mm-hmm. there was, I forget who tweeted out, but there was some suggestion that he had solicited some of this right. interaction over social media. And whether or not you think... Todd Gurley did something quote unquote wrong right. by signing autographs. It was certainly dumb if he went out there through social media yes. and tried to find people. And it wasn't a situation it. where some sort of dealer came to him right. and was like, look, right. this is what I can pay you, and this I'm is what I can do. It, we're going to keep it quiet. Yeah, I, there are I, better ways. I respect proactivity. I respect okay. somebody really taking... I don't taking... mind the proactivity. Just, right. you know, pick up oh, the phone. Oh, not as public. Not pick as public. Pick up the phone. Fair Don't enough. Meet somebody in person. What happened to the personal touch in athlete <laughs> taking illegal... Dealings, yeah. Yeah. All right. But we are excited, I would say, as a collective college football community, uh, to see Todd Gurley return to the field and run over people. Yep. Um, any other news that stands out to you before we get into the Week 10 games? No, I got nothing. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so here's... We, do you want to... Do, should we play the sounds that Ty and I have created over the years, or do you want to just recreate no, them? I think we should. I think we should recreate them. Okay, Absolutely. so I'm pretty sure it's help, Dan, Ryan. I need picks of the week. Yeah. All right, that's what we're doing. Or is that, isn't the scream after? Uh, is it lock, after help? Lock of the week. Oh, it is. Yeah. Eh, it's too late Which I now. Ne- I gotta be honest, I never understood why there was a screen there. I think it's just that, oh my god, it's the lock of the week. It's so uh, suspenseful. It, it sounds like a woman being attacked by Frankenstein's monster. Uh, well, some would argue that my picks of the week are not unlike... <laughs> An this. undead man? That is true. Okay. That is, I will accept that. Uh, 
So we help Dan tie I Need Picks of the Week. I don't. I forget the rest of that sentence. That's fine. All right. Fair enough. Headline game, Auburn traveling to Oxford uh, to play an old Miss team coming off of a, a, a really, I wouldn't say big loss because of the way that they lost, a, a small loss, but an important loss to LSU. Ole Miss two-and-a-half-point favorites. Ole Miss beat up, although Hugh Freeze says Robert Kimdiche, Cody Pruitt, and Laramie Tunsil will, quote, give it a go, which is both optimistic and pessimistic mm-hmm. sounding all at the same time. Uh, Denzel Kimdiche out for the season, one of many talented members of that front seven for Ole Miss. Uh, So their defense certainly not as healthy as it could have been going into a game against an Auburn offense that, while clicking, sort of looks like Nick Marshall, 12 of 14 for 212 yards and 93 on the ground, and Cameron Artis-Payne and Ricardo Lewis going, you know, taking a reverse for 79 for a touchdown. A very, an exceedingly dangerous Auburn offense, if not the most dangerous one in the country. And Auburn coming off of a... An impressive offensive performance and a rather lackluster defensive performance against South Carolina, one that really pointed to the flaw in their pass rushing. They were not able to get to Dylan Thompson, who really had a nice game against this Auburn defense. Auburn misses Carl Lawson, who who is out for the season after tearing his ACL in the spring. And while Auburn's defensive backs are pretty good and young, they uh, they certainly are able to give up points. So, who who are you leaning towards in this game? Um, I think I think right now I am willing to go with Auburn, and here's why. Okay, Auburn wants to play a similar version of the game that LSU did against Ole Miss. It's not yes. quite the same kind of let's just power run against you. It is mm-hmm. a little more let's get outside and let's do some speed things. Right. That said. They've run they've run the ball at least forty three times in right. every game they've played. Like they're not interested in we're gonna drop back and try to pick you apart right. with our quarterback. In the same way that Texas A and M tried to do. Right. In the same way that at times Alabama tried to right, do. Right, right. Um and I guess the counterpoint to that is can you throw against Auburn? Dylan Thompson obviously shows that at times you can. Right. But I don't know. I just Bo Wallace is is not somebody who I am at this point willing to say. Yeah, he can definitely win you the game if you need to play. If you need to play the kind of game against Auburn where it's like, all right, we're playing first to forty wins, mm-hmm. and I don't know that Bo Wallace is the quarterback who can play that game for you. No, and I really don't think he needs to though. With Ole Misses, even though they're a little bit beat up, there's so much talent and successful speed on mm-hmm. that Ole Miss defense. It really feels like, I don't know, what what number to you feels like the number that you need to score to beat Ole Miss? With their offense now looking more questionable than ever. Yeah. Uh, it, the game is in Oxford, so it's, it's you're not dealing with a hostile atmosphere uh, for Ole Miss on offense, but they still can't run the ball. Bo Wallace coming off of a, a really rattled game against LSU, a game that also saw him say, you know, screw it, I'm doing things my way at the end instead of the way that perhaps got them there when Hugh Freeze told him to throw it away or check down, and he did not. So is there a push and pull in terms of play calling and offensive philosophy for Ole Miss when Auburn, if Auburn scores 24 in this game, it feels like they should win, right? Yeah, I was going to say 27, 28 points feels like if they can hit that number. Right. And it's... Given what Gus Malzahn's been able to do with this Auburn offense over the last two years, it's kind of, it it would be a very impressive feat if Ole Miss was able to hold them under that threshold. Right. And I'm not willing to say 
that they'll that they will be able to do it at the, at this point. And still, even despite last week's rather ugly loss, they turn over LSU four times, mm-hmm. I believe, which is I mean that's impressive to lose, you know, winning the turnover battle four to sure. one. Um, but they still hold LSU to ten points, a single touchdown. Sure, but in fairness, a lot of those a lot of those turnovers were the kind where it's like, oh. LSU is in the red zone. They're about to score, and right. they turned it over. Correct. So they were so, moving the ball so, some. Yeah, they yeah. were able to move the ball, and they were able to set up scoring scoring opportunities that you feel Auburn will not necessarily waste in the same way. Right, and especially late, you could run on Ole Miss. LSU yeah. was able to run. I don't think Auburn's offensive line is. So my pick, I'm going to go with Ole Miss here. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the superior defense at home. I think they can. they're good enough to win ugly. I, w- I have more questions than I thought I would about Auburn after the Mississippi State game, after the Kansas State game. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. And I think to beat this Ole Miss defense on the road, you probably have to be leaning towards great. So do you're going you, Auburn. Do you think Dr. Bo comes into this game and says, okay, I tried to do too much against LSU. I right. sailed some passes. I made a bad decision at the end of the game. Right. I'm going to rein it in. Or do you think Bo Wallace says, I'm going to show everyone that I can do this and fail spectacularly. I, my my needle would move so. in the direction of number two yeah, in, in terms yeah. of the platter. So that's that's a little bit scary, but, you know, I'm going with the defense here. All right, TCU going on the road, another really interesting game. TCU coming off of dropping 82 points against Texas Tech, going on the road to play a West Virginia team that is more balanced than anybody thought they would be, yeah. especially not only just on offense because they're running the ball better and better with Wendell Smallwood, but... Defensively, they are now top, you know, the, the S&P rankings, the efficiency metrics say they're a top 20 defense. I don't know if I'd go that far, but top 35 defense in the country yeah. from where they were two years ago in that from Baylor game. last year. Even from where they were last year. Yeah. This is night and day. West Virginia now has a chance in every single game they play because they can win in a number of ways. Yep. We saw them shut down Baylor on offense, something like 2 of 15 on third downs. Um, are you going with the home team against perhaps – the single hottest team in college football at the moment. Ooh, um, Spread is, uh, by the way, five and a half. TCU favored on the road. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think TCU will definitely cover this spread. Whether I don't know. I feel really torn about this because okay. the hard thing is I really want to believe in West Virginia. They've looked so impressive. Yeah, and it was one of those things where they they lost two games early against mm-hmm. pretty good teams. Yep, and you sort of said, okay, this West Virginia team is close but not there. Right. It turns out they probably are there. Right. But TC, it's so hard to find something TCU does poorly. Yeah. They run the ball. They pass the ball. They stop the pass. They stop the run. Defense travels. They stop you on third down. Yeah. They don't turn the ball over. They turn you over. Right. And I think because TCU doesn't have one glaring area where you say, mm, they can't really do this. Right. It's hard for me to pick against them right now unless yeah. they're playing another team that is similarly balanced at that high level. And because West Virginia's defense is good, not right. great, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to stick with TCU. I'm going with TCU as well. Uh, when I first looked at this game, I thought TCU was going to be 14 to 17 points better. I think West Virginia, because of how they've recruited and how well their their back six seven play, I think it'll be relatively tight for most of the game. I just it's one of those things with bad bow that there's also bad hole go out there. Right. West Virginia a couple weeks ago against Kansas. Yeah. They needed that last-second field goal to win. That, oh, well, that, they needed the last-second field goal against Texas Tech. Oh, against Tech, and, excuse and me, yeah. Kansas, I think, was still a close game pretty right. late in the game. Correct. Yeah. So 
that's one of those things where I worry. And those, I, the, the tech game was on the road, yeah, I believe. I think so. Um, we should probably look that yeah, up and whatever. check. What are you going to do? Um, but I am, I'm just more confident at this point, and I know momentum is one of those sort of fallacies, but their offense looks so good, and they can beat you in so many different ways where the confidence is ju- it just lays with TCU to the point where I think maybe they're 10 points better, somewhere in there. Yeah. So I was I I'm gonna say like thirty seven twenty seven. That feels sort of right to me at this point. It could I mean it could certainly be forty seven thirty seven fifty one forty one something like that. But I'm gonna say thirty seven twenty seven. It, it, what it feels like is it's one of those games where both of these teams want to get big plays against you. Yep. And if you had to ask me which one is better equipped to stop those big plays from happening, I would say TCU at this point. And TCU's actually struggled defending the big play. Yeah, but so is West Virginia. True. Um, and TC and and if they're both going to be able to hit you for big plays, yep. I don't know. Uh, the Texas Tech game was on the road. Kansas was at home. Kansas was a, a more of a separated game, right. but yes, TCU or excuse me, Tech was the team that almost almost one upped West Virginia. All right, so we're agreeing. We agree there. Uh, <laughs> it's much. It's got to be much more difficult to hear me from the same room than from Ty across no, it's fine. I, state lines. I, I listen to you in the same room every week. That's true. So. This is true. All right, Utah, an interesting game that will have major, major Pac-12 South implications, traveling to Arizona State. Arizona State coming off of a very impressive offensive performance and defensive performance, really. Well, I guess, no, more of an impressive defensive performance than offense against Washington, holding the Huskies on the road, to uh, I think three offensive points, uh, and yeah. and Utah, of course, being the beneficiary of getting Steve Sarkeesian and USC down to the wire and having USC need to win a close game late, which they couldn't do. And Utah has looked very good. Travis Wilson had a better game last week than he has in a couple of weeks. Devontae Booker, a nice game. And ASU, as good as they've looked on both sides of the ball and improving defense, will be without Christian Westerman, the former five-star who I believe transferred from Auburn. So their offensive line takes a bit of a hit, and they now go against... Utah with an injury of their own, though. Correct. Utah, Drez Anderson, their number one receiver, is out for the season with a knee injury, which certainly makes their, their passing game look less dynamic than it already did. So... Which is interesting. It's sort of like making vanilla ice cream more vanilla. Yeah, that is... It's a very depressing way of looking at it. Vanilla extract all over it. Do you want sprinkles? I'm good. Plop, Just... plop. <laughs> um, so now with ASU's offensive line being less experienced yeah. and less sort of uh, dominant, and not that they were dominant before, but they, they'd struggled running the ball at times, and Nate Orchard in the Utah defensive line looking as powerful as they've looked these past few weeks. At a certain point, he was leading the country in sacks. I don't know if he still is. Um, how do you evaluate this game with Utah going to ASU as, I want to say, there it is, five-and-a-half-point dogs? Okay, before we jump into this, I want to ask yeah. a totally separate. Well, not Please. totally separate. Right now, mm-hmm. at the end of October 2014, is yeah. the, Pac- the Pac-12 South is better top-to-bottom than the Pac-12 North, yes? Yeah, there are more good teams. Washington looks worse and worse. Yep. Wazoo is a one-note team that if you stop them a little bit passing the ball, you'll beat them. Yep. Um, Oregon looks very good. Oregon, Oregon State, State looks awful. Stanford is decidedly one note, though their yeah. offense might be improving. And Cal is... Cal, we thought, could play defense. Turns out they can't play defense. No, they can't. So, yes, there are. there's more up and down. There's more quality up and down in the Pac-12 okay. South. Some, just 
worth pointing out, not yeah. something we would have predicted coming into the No, year in the past couple stretch. years, it hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, so, and also interesting that that's the case, even though USC is still sort of struggling with post-sanction life. Yes. And UCLA depth. is having a crappy year. Yep. To be perfectly frank. They are. To get to your question, um, Arizona State kind of feels like they might be playing a little bit above their talent level. When you look at sort okay. of the raw metrics for them, right. you look at a team and you don't say, oh yeah, that's a top 20 team. Right. You think, that's a team that would be hovering in the also receiving votes category. Right. Um, that said, they have only played really one good defense so far. Which and, is? And that would be Stanford. Yeah. Uh, they, they walked away from the Stanford game. Obviously, they won. Uh, and they scored a lot of points, but they only scored two touchdowns. They had to right. re- rely on a ton of a ton of uh, field goals at the third and fourth quarter of that game. Right, which most teams have had to do against Stanford. It's true. I don't feel like that will work as well against this Utah team. Okay. I feel like you can't just sort of say, all right, we'll coast and just sort of get some threes here and there. Right. Um, they're just – they're not as – awful on offense as Stanford is, as right. faint of praise as that is at this point. Right. Um, and Utah, a team that does not rely on a, on huge offensive numbers to win games. No. They, they control the ball. They win lines of scrimmage. They have against essentially everybody. They've beaten both L.A. schools. They beat what, who, Oregon State and Michigan, which whatever. But um, they're beating talented teams. They're beating teams that are more talented than they are. Yeah. So that's an impressive thing, and that makes you want to buy into them long term. Yeah. Because they're, if they're winning lines of scrimmage, even with average, if not below average, quarterback play, that is something that's constantly going to be dangerous because more often than not, and this is why the SEC is the best conference, whoever has the better big dudes wins. Yeah. That's just sort of how it works that's in college true. football. Yeah. So right now, Utah certainly looks like the team with better big dudes, but... Going to ASU, it almost, I don't want to say it's like the body blow theory thing, but they've, you know, playing, going on the road to UCLA, playing USC, a talented USC team, I think this is sort of a letdown spot. I think this is, with the injury to Drez Anderson, with the the, the double overtime game to Oregon State, which, by the way, looks worse and worse, having to play Oregon State uh, into two overtimes, not an ideal situation, but... um, I think they give ASU a game. I think this is certainly closer than ASU has had with other quality teams, Washington and Stanford notably. I think ASU takes this game. Again, it was a five-and-a-half point spread. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a touchdown better. Let's call it 23-14. to 14. This feels very much like a whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Yes. And you know what? It starts at 11 p.m. So Ooh, the so. team that will have the ball last will have it at 2 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time, 2.45 Eastern time. I will not be awake. No, absolutely not. Um, so you like ASU as well. Oh, no, you like Utah. I think I like Utah. I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Utah. To win outright? No, just to just to cover the spread. Yeah. How what? How many points does ASU need to beat Utah? Ooh, that's a really. I will say probably it's probably somewhere in the range of uh, the twenty six they scored against Stanford. Okay. It's probably like if you can get to twenty four points, that feels like you'll be in position at the end of the game to kick a game winning field goal, win twenty seven twenty five, something like that, something stupid. That sounds totally reasonable. Um, I didn't want to start the show off and the previews off talking about Florida State-Louisville, even though it's the Thursday night game, Mm -hmm. just because I didn't want 
the first game for people to hear, like, oh, wow, they were totally wrong about that game and got everything incorrect, well, we so are I'm going to stop we are, listening. We are going to be wrong about all of these right, games, but let's I, be clear. We, want, we don't want people to know that until the end uh, of Saturday. We want them, yeah, that's good. So we want people listening on Friday and Saturday. I know Ty approaches it differently, but screw that guy. <laughs> He's in the sun, and it's 50 degrees and gray here. Um, and it's going to snow soon, so. <sighs> Welcome. This is the worst you, place. I don't know who you know. You used to live in California. And I chose to move here. You made some bad choices. I did. Um, okay, Florida State-Louisville. Thursday night game, an exciting Thursday night game after a couple of lackluster weeks. Uh, Papa Jay, the home to this game. I really like saying Papa yeah. Jay. Uh-huh. Um, Florida State opened as eight-and-a-half point favorites, and it's down to around a field goal, three-and-a-half, four, four-and-a-half points, depending on where you look. A lot of people liking Louisville. I don't know necessarily to win outright, but have we had a Thursday night game this season where it's like the crowd empties out for this crazy, unexpected thing? Mm. We had that big Kansas State game. We had yeah. Oregon, Arizona, yeah. which was at Oregon on a Friday night. Right. No, it's been. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Virginia Tech Miami. No, that Thursday I, night. I game. certainly would not. <laughs> and I and I hate to say that, like, oh, we're due for like the wackiness, right. but maybe. Louisville has an excellent defense, oh, and they're playing at home. Excellent is po- is probably it could be underselling. Yeah. yeah, they are, they are fantastic against the run and the pass. Yeah. They appear to be well coached, and it's not all Todd Grantham. There was a spillover of talent that was exceedingly kind to the new coaching staff, and they're playing in the ACC. Their non conference schedule is fine. I don't have they played anybody in the non conference of note. We should look this up. I don't remember everything. No, I don't. I don't I'm believe. slow. That's fine. Um, Take your time. But Louisville is Nobody's a going anywhere. Louisville is a team. Offensively, they've struggled, but they've had health issues. Devontae Parker's yep. been out most of the year. Michael Dyer hasn't been there constantly. Will Gardner took two or three games to heal from his injuries. Mm-hmm. So it, there is a case to be made that now that I think the three of them played last weekend and it's their their second game together as a unit, at least deep into the season. There is a case to be made that Louisville could be operating on a more complete level than they have been all year long. Florida State, of course, has their strengths, which is talent. They're, they have the quarterback advantage by a wide margin with yeah. Jameis Winston. Now he's looked recently. And they probably have the wide receiver margin, to be honest. They do have the wide receiver margin, the combination of uh, Rashad Green and the youth, Travis Rudolph, Jesus Wilson, those guys have been very good and looked, I think, better than a lot of people thought they would early yeah, on. and they stepped up really, really big. Yes, so, we're at the point now where everything points to Florida State being able to win this game. They probably have the, co- they almost assuredly have the coaching advantage in terms of a complete staff. Uh, but their defense hasn't looked as good as they were last year with not quite the, the experienced talent, but certainly the raw talent. Yeah. The offensive line has been disappointing. They have not been able to run the ball. Jameis Winston has taken an understandable step back. I don't think he's gotten any worse. He's pro- he might even be better if you look at the Notre Dame second half, but in terms of his weaponry, Kelvin Benjamin, Kenny Shaw, those guys provided such experience for him. You having that Devonta Freeman in the backfield element is gone. So they're they're, they're not I, as potent. I think the thing at quarterback for Florida State this year has not been that the talent the, the the pure physical talent has not right. gone anywhere. Right. He still can make the throws. He can shake off blitzers. He can, you know, find the receivers that he needs to. But the decision-making has not always... He's tried to force some passes. He's True. lofted some passes. Yeah. He, in, in places where you were just sort of like, 
yeah, Jameis Winston is not going to throw a stupid pick. Mm-hmm. He's thrown some stupid picks. He has. And it I, and hasn't bit them yet because he's been able to come back from those. Right. But he has done it. Yes, and the and the, the book on him last year was how good he was against the Blitz, and it's not that he's bad against the Blitz now. He's He got so comfortable with such good, healthy offensive line and, play last year that he hasn't gotten this and year. And I know it's super unusual to question Jameis Winston's decision-making, <laughs> right. but I am a brave man. Out on a limb. I'm willing to go there. I respect that. Yeah. That's, that takes some gumption. So here's the interest. What I think will be interesting about Louisville, Florida State. Right. You're taking... One of the best red zone offenses, mm-hmm. Florida State, yes. in the nation, against one of the best red zone defenses. Yep. Louisville in the red zone has given up six touchdowns mm-hmm. all year. Mm-hmm. And I think where, I think who wins this game is going to be determined by who wins that battle. Yeah. Because Florida State is going to move the ball. Yep. They're too talented and they have too many options. Even if you shut down the run, they are going to hit some of those third and longs. Yep. They are going to be able to pick up the first downs and keep things moving. Um, I guarantee you Nick O'Leary is going to catch a five-yard pass on third and seven and fall three and a half yards. Oh, yeah. no, oh, yes, oh, yeah. he breaks a tackle right. and takes, yeah. yeah but yeah. he will, one of those things where he, you know, he gets eight and a half on yeah, third and absolutely. seven. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if Louisville can hold them to field goals, yeah. they have a much better chance because here's the thing about the Louisville offense. They haven't scored 35 points against an FBS opponent this season. And they have not played a lot of great defense. Right, and you are going to need points to beat Florida yeah. State. Even as good as that defense is, Florida State will get theirs. You might not need 35, but right. you definitely need more than 20. Yes, you You're do. You're definitely going to need more than 20. Could you see a scenario in which Louisville wins this game outright? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think it would require their offense to sort of... I think I think the big thing is the three thing. If they're yeah. and this is this is what our friend Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation long ago is like. If you're going to beat Jameis Winston this offense, and he was saying this last year with a much better offense, don't blitz him. Sort of sit back, mm-hmm. keep Florida State's offense in front of you, and hope that he sails something on third and nine in the red zone, right. and you keep him to three. Yeah, that's that to me seems like the obvious way that Louisville uglies this up a little and turns field turns touchdowns because Florida State's making that field goal. The other the thing that I think. Louisville has to do that other teams haven't done, including Notre Dame and including Clemson, the two teams that have kind of come the closest to beating Florida State at this yeah. point. You ha- If you get going in the first half, you have to make it count. Yes. Because both Clemson and Notre Dame did that, and on the scoreboard it just Even NC State up. did that. NC State did that, but just wasn't able to hold right. on. Right, right. Because... Well, that's why you make it count in yeah, the first half. Yeah, absolutely. NC State at least got, got close in right. that regard. But it can't be one of those things where we get to halftime and say, wow, Louisville looked really good against Florida State, and they're leading by four points. Yes. Like, you're going to lose that game. This is true. Um, yeah, it's it stops and turnovers. They have to turn into points. You can't just give the ball back if you recover a fumble, if Jameis fumbles it. That has to become six. Yeah. And that's, that's the reality of beating an excellent team and perhaps the most complete team in the country right now in Florida State. So I'm going to go Florida State here. Uh, when it was, I predict this game when it was six and a half on Easy Call on SBNation.com. It's a website. Hmm. Um, I, I liked Florida State by I think four, three, four, five. So I'm going to take Florida State here to win this game, and I think it's going to be a similar scenario to, to what you just painted, where it's like Louisville's playing really, really well, and they're only winning by four going into the fourth quarter. That is an issue, and I think Florida State ultimately wins this game by a touchdown. But I think I think you get four quarters of good football. I'll go. I'll go Louisville. Outright. I'll just do it. 
I don't care. We are due. I, I, I'm a Florida fan. I have nothing to live for anymore football-wise. <laughs> this is true. Louisville. Uh, but I would like to see – I imagine Bobby Petrino would like to see that his offensive capabilities as a coach yeah. can finally come to fruition. Yep. And if you're not going to throw everything you have at Florida State, then what, what are, you are you waiting doing? for? What are you doing? So, yeah, give me the Cardinals. Next game. Uh, Florida State's second favorite team, per my understanding, Florida State fans' second favorite team, the Oregon Ducks, hosting the Stanford Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, game opened at 12 and a half uh, in favor of Oregon. The spread uh, down to, I want to say, seven and a half. The Ducks are favored for seven and a half at Autzen. Oregon coming off of a very nice offensive performance, in particular Marcus Mariota and Royce Freeman. Uh, a, uh, an underwhelming defensive performance against a good Cal offense, but still. Oregon on the season has been largely up and down. They've faced the bulk of the teams with good offenses that they will face this season. The two challenging teams at the end of their, the back half of their schedule are Stanford and Utah, both of whom do not have what I think anybody would consider potent offenses at this point, although Stanford looks to be improving. Uh, Oregon has gotten better on third downs, which is where they struggled defensively, but they're still allowing a ton of of yards after contact. They are something like 123rd in the country at just not at, at not letting plays go beyond 10 yards. So I think Oregon is in a good position because Kevin Hogan has been so inconsistent. Oregon's defense is healthier than it was last week. I think Oregon wins this game, I, I would say, less than the original 12.5. I think they're 10 points better than Stanford. I'm not that confident, but... I'm going to go with it. That's, my gut says 10, so I'm going to say Oregon takes this. Let's call it 28 to 20, somewhere in there. Barely covering 31 to 20, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I, I don't think Stanford is going to score as much. The offensive line hasn't been where it, where it was these past couple of seasons. The running backs, Tyler Gaffney looks better and better every week, and he's not on the team anymore, but he was such a great workhorse for them last year. That Hogan is not getting the ball to actually a couple of very decent receivers that Stanford has. Uh, and Stanford's defense, while very good, is still missing the enormous pieces that have succeeded against Oregon these past couple of seasons, yeah. including Derek Mason, who was the architect of that sort of the, the, the anecdote for Oregon. How's he doing? Life good? Uh, I'm assuming so. I, I haven't gotten a postcard in a while. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, friends God, and family. Yeah, seems like a good guy. Great dude. Um, so I'm going to Oregon here by between eight and eleven points. Uh, I agree with your. I agree with that assessment. I'm much less worried about it than you are, to be perfectly honest. This is what Stanford's done on the road this year. Okay. At Washington, won twenty to thirteen in one of the crummiest games. Yes. I've watched all year mm-hmm. against a, a blah Washington. Yeah, team. underwhelming. Uh, at Notre Dame, I think we all remember that. Mm. Pretty blah as well. Yes, it was. Uh, at Arizona State, scored 10 points and lost by two touchdowns. Yeah. So, Stanford just is not much of a road team this year. That's true. And Oregon is easily the hardest place they have to play on the road so far this year. This is also true. Um, As much as you don't like the Oregon defense, and yeah. I don't love it, right. they do do one thing reasonably well. They force turnovers. Correct. Do you know what Stanford does? They turn the oh, ball over. No. Like, even last week, when they looked better against Oregon State, mm-hmm. they still lost the turnover battle, yeah. 2-0. So, we talked about this before we started the show. Right. A little background for everybody. Ooh. Yeah. Um, if Oregon is the kind of team, 
if they turn you over early, mm-hmm. it all it avalanches right. so quickly. Yes. If they turn you over at any point, that's not really the end of the game. Right. They generally turn an interception either for a pick six or just down to like the 14. That's usually the thing where like, yeah, I went to get a snack and Oregon was down three and now they're up 17. Yeah. That's, that generally is one of those catalysts for Oregon going on one of their runs. Here's the one thing that worries me about Oregon. Yeah. Who's refereeing? What conference is uh, sending the referees for this game? The Pacific 12. The Pacific 12. And yeah. Oregon has penalty problems. Big they do. They're 109th in the country in total penalties. And Stanford's offense, while unimpressive, if you screw up and give them first downs with mm-hmm. defensive holdings or yep. roughing the passer or whatever it is. Bowing. That is, a, that is yes. Bowing. <laughs> bowing in midfield. Bowing outside of Japanese tradition. Yes. It is It is a recipe for disaster because you are True. just keeping your offense off the field. Yep. And if, if this is a game that Oregon loses, I bet it's because of dumb penalties. Not unlike, not unlike the Arizona game. Yeah. The conspiracy theorist in me says, Oregon's the one shot the Pac-12 has in the playoff. <laughs> they, they really have to screw up. Nothing that the Pac-12 refs have done this season suggests that they are interested in the Pac-12. This is true. This is a, a totally reasonable and fair point. Uh, all right, so you like Oregon bigger than I do. I think I think they probably end up winning by about 10, 12 points. Okay. I just think it's not going to feel close. Right. I, I just think it's going to be one of those, okay, first half, they're sort of, you know, constantly leading by two touchdowns and Stanford chips away. Mm-hmm. But St- I, I don't know. The Stanford team, be- thrashing Oregon State, if yeah. that's the most impressive thing you have to show me, yeah, sorry, uh, I'm not interested. Little school called Army? Dunzo! The United States Army? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, okay. that That's fair enough. So, we agree! Yeah. Uh, Arkansas-Mississippi State. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this game. Cause... You know what? Let me back up. Yeah. Lock it up, Oregon. Lock it up, Lock Oregon. Lock it up, Oregon. Lock minus... of the week. Of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oregon minus seven and a half. I'm locking it up. Okay. That's, you know, that's your prerogative. Is, is that Bobby Brown? Uh, yeah. Okay. Or or Britney Spears covering Bobby Brown. Let's just go with Bobby B. Okay. Uh, next game, as I mentioned, Mississippi State hosting an Arkansas team that I don't know if anybody is fully able to pin down how good or how bad they are at this point. Because even in games where they haven't looked great, the Alabama game offensively and just in terms of making stupid, silly mistakes was not uh, an indicator of a very good team. Uh, their second quarter against Georgia, as good as they looked in the second half at times against Georgia, that's awful, awful football. Yep. And Arkansas still hasn't moved beyond that point yet. But is a, a Mississippi State school coming off of a – they needed a an onside kick return touchdown to beat Kentucky by two touchdowns on the road. A decent enough Kentucky team. but the, A Kentucky team with a much better quarterback yes, than Brandon Allen. This is also true. And a – a Mississippi State team that has struggled on defense yeah. outside of the red zone yeah. anyway. They do just enough. They do just they enough. They really do just enough. They are the most acceptable boyfriend. Yes. Like, we go, like he'll take you out. It's never fancy. Yeah. He's, we're, going, we're going to Chili's a lot. Yes. But he is he he is but a we're listener. Going we're going to Chili's, and he's paying. So, okay. <laughs> just compared to <laughs> So what does that make Dak Prescott? <laughs> Does that make him the fajitas? Oh, he's definitely the fajitas. Okay. He's got a sizzle. Good. All right. Uh, Arkansas is a team, though, that I think at their height, 
We just made a fajita sound yeah, in tandem. I know. I know. Um, Ty, you just pull that audio and you have a drop now for future, years. future episodes. Uh, Arkansas is a team because they can run the ball at times in a very disturbingly violent way. Right. Um, they should put fear into everybody they play. Here's the thing. Uh, Mississippi State is going to score points. Yes, that's the problem. One-dimensional especially running one-dimensional, does not feel like the way to keep up with Mississippi State on the scoreboard. Correct. It just doesn't. Um, Kentucky was able to keep up because they could throw and run, Mm -hmm. and they could break long plays with both of those. Right. I just, I, I, Brandon Allen is not. Patrick Tolles, like, aside from throwing the ball better than Brandon Allen, ran, he was their leading rusher, carried it like 20 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Willed them to keep them in the game. Brandon Allen just doesn't, is not, good enough of a passer right. to keep Arkansas in this game. I just don't see that happening. Would have been curious if it was in Fayetteville or sure, Little or Rock. Rock. Uh, but, yeah, it, it feels Detroit, right now. Or Detroit, whatever. Or Detroit. <laughs> but um, Mississippi State at 10.5, it feels like they can force a couple of dumb turnovers. Yeah. And Arkansas, I think, can look good for three quarters and lose by 14. Well, and the other thing is, you can run on Arkansas. Yeah, that's Auburn, true. Auburn, A&M, Georgia, they mm-hmm. all ran on Arkansas. Alabama if, decidedly did not. Alabama did not. But if you're saying three or four of those teams could run on Arkansas with ease, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mississippi State can That's play. true, with Josh Robinson, the human bowling ball. So, we'll go with, in Starkville, difficult place to play. Uh, they can't rely on too many trick, fat guy, touchdown, fadeaway passes. Uh, I'm going to go Mississippi State here. 34-17. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I will... Hold on. Can, can we do backdoor cover? Yeah. So you want me to... Right here, before you say what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah, good. There it is. Um, yeah, I'll say Mississippi State backdoor covers this. Late touchdown. Uh, ends what was maybe a sloppy game, but never in doubt. So what, exactly what they did last week. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Quickly, Arizona, UCLA. I, to be honest, I just wanted to do backdoor cover <laughs> sound. That was more of a plane. It's a laser. <laughs> All right. It's a backdoor laser. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, <laughs> do not, without asking permission, <laughs> backdoor, <laughs> backdoor laser anybody. All right, I'm going to move on from that. Um, all right, Arizona, speaking of backdoor lasers, yep. uh, Arizona-UCLA, another big Pac-12 South game, also big in that, I don't know, UCLA is not that good. Arizona is certainly flawed on cert- in certain aspects, but Arizona, again, could have the best win of the season. Arizona going to Pasadena as six-and-a-half-point underdogs. UCLA needing overtime, and Brett Hundley essentially willing them to victory. It's It's been an interesting season where UCLA has needed to be willed to victory by... Brett Hundley against Colorado and Jerry Neuheisel against a Texas team that was killed by BYU and shut out in Big 12 play in a game. UCLA is an above-average team, and any any adjective beyond that is being far too kind. Yeah. Uh, tell me one thing you like about UCLA's defense. Because I have none. I like that the defensive coordinator wears a backwards hat. That is pretty cool. It's it's like I feel like he's the cool kid on the he's, sideline. He's the he's like the cool youth group right, okay. organizer. I, I still think Miles Jack and Eric Kendricks are really good. Okay. Sure. I still think those are the two bright spots. I think the defensive line is pretty overrated. I think that the secondary can be picked on. 
I and especially a couple of years ago, UCLA put together a ridiculous recruiting class in the secondary, and they are not seeing the fruits of that talent. You know what they don't do? They don't get any pressure on the pass. No, not at, at all. all. No. At all. Like, Oregon, even with their still, at the time, patchwork offensive Yeah, no, line, they get to the quarterback. It didn't, it didn't even look like they, you know, Marcus Mariota could have stopped and made himself a sandwich in the pocket. Oh, Oregon protecting. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. absolutely. So, I, I mean... Given that uh, there are UCLA is a story where you say, okay, there are bright spots here and there. Yes, they have two on defense. Yeah, Jack and Kendricks tackle well in the open field. They have two on offense, mm-hmm. which is Jordan Payton. Yeah, Payton has been good. They were lacking in the way of a a top top offensive threat that Hunley could count on, and Payton right. has come through. It's Payton and Hunley. Yeah, and if you only have two bright spots on both sides of the ball, and they, I will give them credit. They have run the ball better. The running better, back position sure. has been better. Better, but. Not at the not at a top fifteen level, which I would assume is like a reasonable way to have looked at this UCLA team before the season began. They're not a team that you have to when you go to play them. You have to say, okay, we have to count for these five things on offense mm-hmm. and these five things on defense. Yep, you're not getting it. Yeah, you're I not... just it's not it's not complicated enough to beat UCLA right. that I think Arizona can't do it. Yeah, I was going to say, Rich Rod against the UCLA defense feels like a bit of a mismatch, especially UCLA coming off of a, what, what do I call it, a loss win. Yeah. that It's, yeah. it's a loss win against Colorado. Arizona come, looking very good against Washington State. Grant, it's a Washington State defense. That's not that good. Right. But doing what a good team should do yeah. against a below-average team, which UCLA did not do against Colorado last week. So Arizona on the road, they have shown an ability to win big, interesting games. Are mm-hmm. they good enough to win this game outright? Certainly. Do you think with still a an up-and-down Arizona defense, and granted, that's a defense that's already played Oregon and Washington State, who are going to put up yards and points on everybody, is Arizona a complete enough team to beat a potentially above-average team on the road? I think so, just give, because UCLA's defense is not going to throw enough problems at the offense right. that they won't be able to figure out what works and what doesn't. If they had a better pass rush, and if you said, yeah, they're going to force Arizona into some bad decisions mm-hmm. throwing the ball, maybe. But I don't know. I just I, I, don't, I don't love this UCLA team, and maybe they will win this game outright. Right. I don't think they're covering. Arizona has really good defensive backs. Yeah. Their front is still young and somewhat inexperienced, and I like Scooby Wright, but they're, they're defensive backs. Traditionally, even under Mike Stoops, when yeah. those, those offenses were, were not that great or they were good, but they were never winning games – the defensive backs have always been good at Arizona. They've, they've developed a really nice reputation for uh, defensive back development. So I think Arizona has the speed to keep up with UCLA's offense. I'm going to say Arizona wins this game. Let's call it. This was a good game last year. This was the, the sort of evolution and introduction of Miles Jack last yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Arizona wins this game 27-21. I'll go a little higher. Okay. I'll say something maybe in the 31-24 okay. territory. Fair enough. All right, Florida, Georgia. Oh, boy. Uh, Georgia, 12.5-point favorites, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, I imagine I know what you are going to say about <laughs> this game and this Florida team. <sighs> I will pose my question as such. Okay. Is there a scenario in which Florida can ugly up their way to a win or this being a close game late? Close game late, yes, and I will say that only because... Who's this- starting at quarterback? I believe it's Treon Harris. Harris. Okay. Yes. Um, although it's Will Muschamp, so who knows eh. if that means anything. Right. Um, 
can they can this be a close game late? Yes, just given that this is one of those rivalries where things happen that aren't supposed to happen. Frequently, the team that is favored loses. Right. Uh, the unranked team gives the ranked team a game. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That said, I don't think it's going to happen. Is there anything about Florida's special teams? Because yeah. I, we don't like their offense. They can, all right, so field goal kicking has been a lot better this year. Okay. And that was one of the 800 problems right. last year. Marcus Roberson no longer there in the return game. Correct, but they have been able to get some punt return generated that at least give them field position, sometimes scores. Right. So there is that. That said, Georgia doesn't turn the ball over at all. They've right. turned the ball over four times all season. Yep, Hudson Mason's gotten better and better. Florida... Turns the ball over a ton. Mm, like they do. So if 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 the difference in this if this is a game where turnovers are going to matter, and you assume like most games it will. Right. And you say, let's say Florida has two turnovers and Georgia has none, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that does not mean great things for the Gators. Twelve and a half points? Too many? Just right? Not enough? With this Florida team, yeah. honestly, I, I think that's fine. So Georgia, what's your final score? I think, I think Georgia. I think Georgia wins by seventeen points. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. thinking right around there. I'll say thirty-four. Mm, yeah, thirty-four, seventeen, thirty-one, fourteen, feels about right to me. The, um, de- the, the problem is, just, I don't know how high scoring it is with Florida's defense still looking at least very good against what Georgia does Mizzou well, which is run the Mizzou, ball. The Mizzou game proved that you don't you can score also on Florida true. without generating offense. offense. That's also true. I mean, pick sixes, fumbles taken back to the house, mm-hmm. kickoff returns. There, I mean, Florida's probably going to do at least one stupid thing that's going to get Georgia seven points. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I think we agree. Yeah. Couple touchdowns for Georgia. Any other games I've listed here, just because for comical reasons, Maryland and Penn State Ooh. not going to be the greatest in terms of high level offense. And uh, Indiana, Michigan, which is also a who, but it does give us an opportunity to say Tevin Coleman's extraordinarily good at football. I will say this in defense of Michigan. Yes. Their offense, which is awful, yep. has played five defenses this year that are in the top 40 in SP. Helped out by the fact that they got to play Michigan. Yes, helped right. out, but they they have at least had to run. A They're bit not of a struggling against gone. nobody's. Yes, right. Indiana, eighty seventh in defensive S and P. True. Indiana can only do one thing well on offense, and that's run the ball. Mm-hmm. They basically haven't even they've they've given up on trying to pass the ball whatsoever. Right. Um. But it's kind of hard to find bright spots for Michigan. Yeah, at this it is. Point. Yeah. One thing. One game I would like to talk about before we move on. Yeah. We have to talk about Notre Dame Navy. We, we have to. Ty's not here, and no. you know he would want to. First of all, Ty had this game circled 17 years ago. Seven, yeah. So, told you told you I had this one. I had Dan, this one circled in 93. Dan, I knew this one was going to give the Irish problems. <laughs> I told you it would, Dan. So look, I, look ahead spot. What's the spread? Do you know the spread off the top of your oh, head? I'm going to look it up. No, I'm going to look this up. Um, Navy has given, they gave Ohio State troubles? They gave Ohio State troubles. And that's about it uh that sounds right yeah um notre dame coming off of a heartbreaking win against florida state that's per my understanding of the way notre dame fans have looked at that game yeah um yeah i'm gonna go uh where's this game are they playing this game anywhere fun who even knows at navy at navy is it at navy or is it somewhere it's it's in fedex field okay um, that felt right because Notre Dame, you see, 
they don't play true road games because no, they're Notre Dame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Navy's four and four. I guess they're on the the precipice of being bowl eligible. If that means anything, Navy. Let's see, Notre Dame. Well, first, let's talk Notre Dame. Okay. It, does Notre Dame have anything to actually worry about? Navy's offense generally gives teams trouble for at least a little while during games. Are you at all concerned? Notre Dame's defense in the second half wasn't particularly good against Florida State, but it's a completely different type of team. Um, I think you maybe, if you're Notre Dame, you maybe do worry that it is a look-ahead spot with right. the road game against Arizona State next week. Uh Maybe, uh, granted, they have the bye week, so you kind of feel like the letdown after the Florida State loss is not right. going to be there. Right. Um, the, the only thing you might worry about if you're Notre Dame is that this is a team that has kind of let so-so teams hang around. Mm-hmm. This is true. Uh, maybe North Carolina's better than we thought in yeah. their defense. Uh, An athletic quarterback, a yeah. spread uh, something a, an offense that puts a lot of stress on a defense all over the field, right? But Could, Ty circled it, so they can't. That's he. That's he knows. <laughs> Ty knows, and Ty actually sent me a text before from we passed from the past, and he said, "Dan, I know I've been reverse jinxing all yeah. season long with right. Notre Dame." Right. Ty, this did that is, work? This is Ty's message. It did work. <laughs> Ty said, "This game, lock up Notre Dame. Lock of the week." Yeah, so Ty's lock is Notre Dame. Plus whatever. Plus or minus whatever. <laughs> minus anything. All right. Oh, Notre Dame's not fair. Oh. Uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> no, what is the, let's look at the spread for this game. Let's see if it sounds right. Notre Dame is favored by a couple touchdowns at a neutral, relatively neutral site place. It's closer to Navy. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm going Naval Academy. Wow. I'm going Naval Academy. Wow. Stop. Um, all right. Any other games that are of note to you? Not really. Miami, it's, North Carolina. Uh, coastal, Could, as we said, coastal implications. Jimmy Buffett's newest hit single. Yeah. Oh, I would take a hammock nap to coastal, coastal implications. Coastal implications. Coastal implications. Um, Who's gonna go five and three? <laughs> what would be? And this is something that I, I've been meaning to do, and I always forget. Somebody will go five and three. I know. Oh man. A co- Coastal Implication would be actually a delicious cocktail. Ooh, yeah. I would like. What's in a Coastal Implication? Coastal Implications you, Dan, all around. Dan, yeah. king, of, king of the drinking, mm. what's in a Coastal Implication? I would say it's like a, a pineapple daiquiri. That's it? A pineapple daiquiri with, um, let's see, what would be something like Cuban for Miami? I think you add a little, like, blue curacao or mm. something. Okay, you make it more... Give it a little more... Just, just a taste like, of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A pineapple daiquiri with some blue curacao. Yeah. All right. That sounds revolting. <laughs> I hope Ty has one in Yeah, Mexico. oh, Ty's, Ty's, Ty's ripped on coastal Ty, implications. Ty, order this drink in Mexico. If yeah. you can find Mexican food, I understand it's very hard to find. How do you even begin to find Mexican food in Mexico? Uh, excuse me? Uh, where's the Mexican food? Ty's going to be... I've actually been to a Hooters in Mexico. I will admit that, but I've also eaten a lot of Mexican food in Mexico. Okay. Um, all right. I don't think there are any other games. I can pull up the, the scoreboard and, and we can we can scroll, but I really... Ugh. No, let's just move... Let's, you, let's know, just, you know what we need? We need. And I'm not going to do the actual... I'm not going to make the sounds myself. No, I can't. I'll, I'll add this in post, as they say, in the biz. And what? by the biz, I mean the industry. What? Um, it's time to drop... That big, stanky, dripping, wet, sticky drum 
and Fife. Fife now Fife, you hear Fife, Fife. 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 Okay, first game, and I, I'm assuming that there are no lights in the Pat League because these are all noon or one o'clock. Lehigh traveling to Georgetown. Of course, our friend Nicole Auerbach wishes she were a live bulldog. Lehigh, yeah. Georgetown. I'm going to pull up the actual records here so we have a better concept. Are you suggesting I don't have them memorized? <laughs> Sir, how dare you? That's, that's on me. How dare you? I'm that American. is on me. I vote. Okay, Lehigh, of course, 1-6, 0-2 oh, within the Patriot League. But Georgetown themselves, 2-6, 0-3 oh, in the Patriot League. Do you favor Georgetown because they are at home? Or is this the week that Lehigh breaks through in the Pat League? I believe Lehigh won last week. No, they won two weeks ago against Cornell because Cornell are a bunch of dumb clowns. Oh, mean. Uh, Lehigh can put up some points. So, right. Yeah, let's say let's say this is the week they get off the conference uh, donut at this point. Yeah, and this is the game preceding Notre Dame Navy. This is the undercard at FedEx right, Field because right. my god, when you have the opportunity for this kind well, of force. What they do is they sell tickets to that and with that you get a free ticket to Notre Dame Navy and they hope people stick around. That's the key. it's like an NCAA tournament yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool. I respect that. It is cool. Lafayette Bucknell, of course, this podcast very much pro Lafayette because I myself am a leopard legacy. Of course, Doc Rubenstein went to Lafayette, a proud Lafayette team. Three and five been struggling this season, one and two in the Pat League. Bucknell, of course, the class of the league next to New York City's one true team, Fordham Rams. Bucknell hosting this game at six and one. Again, two and zero in the Pat League. Is this a week that Lafayette flips the Pat League on its arse? Uh, so I've only met Doc Rubenstein once. Right. Uh, but I feel like I disappointed him when I did. How so? Uh, just generally. Oh, okay. You know, I got that feeling that because I'm not a Rubenstein male child, right. I was there for a disappointment. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it again. I'm picking Bucknell. Wow, yeah. the Nellies. Yeah. The fighting Nellies. Yeah. The Bison. They're the Bison, right? Bison. That Bison. I think we decided it's just the regular S, though. It's the regular S in Bucknell, but it's the Z in, in, in North Dakota, Dakota State. State. Yeah. yeah. All right. Colgate-Fordham, the class of New York City football, mm-hmm. the class of come on, possibly come on. Eastern Seaboard football. Why are football. you asking this? You know where we're going. Lock of the week. Buffalo chicken. Buffalo chicken would be very happy with this pick because Fordham is the easy call. Watch it every week on SBNation.com. Colgate, you know Colgate's had a nice little season, 2-0 and in the Pat League. You know who they're not? Fordham. They're not Fordham. Have you ever been to Fordham? You ever been to the Bronx? Uh, no. You lived here a long time. I have been to the Bronx. I shouldn't say I've never been to the Bronx, but I have not been to Fordham. Did you go to the Bronx for a non-Yankee reason? I've been to the Bronx Zoo. Oh, okay. How is lovely. that zoo? Oh, lovely zoo. Is it? Yeah. You like a good zoo? No. I'm kind of anti-zoo. Really? I don't like seeing animals in cages. Have you ever taken a child to the zoo? Magical. I would imagine it is. Magical. Did you go to the Bronx Zoo with a child? I did not. Okay. <laughs> Just but I, sure. did, I, did, I did find out, yeah. this is totally unrelated, at, I think it's the Columbus Zoo in okay. Ohio, they have a, an, an, a setup where a cheetah will chase essentially that metal rabbit that they use at a greyhound track. Really? So you can see how fast the cheetah is in real time. So you get to toy with wildlife. No, not toy. Manipulate. Manipulate. It's different. Fair. No, actually, that's not fair at all. Go food chain. Go food. Yeah, they ain't be nobody. <laughs> um, anything else? Any, what? Oh, this is the question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you when we got distracted by the best conference in college football. This weekend, so Thursday and Saturday night, mm-hmm. I don't know who's playing Friday night. I'm assuming nobody importance. Yeah, um, probably UConn. I stand by my, <laughs> my introduction of Friday. What is the single funniest thing that could happen in terms of third-party college football humor? Mm-hmm. 
what to you will have you, and you are known to laugh for a time or two while watching these games. Yeah. What is the single funniest outcome, situation, result? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, looking back at the games we highlighted, yeah. I I will say Arkansas beating as, as, Mississippi State at home. That's my answer. That would, that would, because that would, there is already a small but meaningful current of questioning the SEC West's credentials right. at this point. Yeah. It's only sort of small. Right. And Mississippi State is the lone power team in the SEC West that did not yes. play an interesting non-conference team. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to say if Arkansas finds a way to drag Mississippi State into the mud, yep. if Brandon Allen has a Steven Garcia against Bama type game, yeah, yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um, you neglected one thing about Arkansas winning that game. Okay. That's oh, celebratory oh, Burt. Oh, man. <laughs> celebratory Burt. Oh, they're they're going to be shirtless pictures Sunday morning. Shirtless will be the best case. Yeah, that's right true. Now. There will be bottomless pictures of Brett Bielema surfacing. So you get Arkansas fans who are notoriously even keeled. Yeah. Burt. Oh, man, that is. I think that is the correct answer. And I don't think any any of us have anything. There's nothing fun about rooting against Mississippi State specifically that I can think of. No, they're, no, they're no, a, no. An, it's, a long, maligned program. It's really program. the domino effect that that has because that means Auburn's loss. Looks worse. Looks worse now. Yep. And it, it, it causes so many problems down the line mm-hmm. for the SEC West. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it would be hilarious. That's the single funniest thing. Close second. Navy beating Notre Dame. Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> now that I've locked up Navy or Notre Dame four tie, yeah, and having Navy beat them, yeah, oh, yeah, that would. And not only do I want Navy to beat Notre Dame, I want them. I want to beat them on like a questionable goal line call like at the pick, end, like a pick play, like a pick play, <laughs> an uncalled pick, an play? uncalled. Oh my god! Hey, as several Notre Dame fans have told me, yeah. You you can't call that at the end of the game. No, you gotta let him play. You gotta let him play. You gotta let him play. Beginning of the fourth quarter, of course you call that. Absolutely. First quarter, you gotta call it. Fourth yeah. quarter, it's a different sport. Halftime show. Halftime sport. Halftime show. Call it. Uh, yeah, I think that's the right answer. Yeah. And oh man, could you imagine the anger at early bird buffets everywhere Ooh, if that were boy. the case? Don't do not go to Benihana. Do not go to Benihana. I mean, do they make good food? Do you like Benihana? Flip- uh, so here's the thing. I, think, I I really do. I think Benny those style is places. Fun. Yeah, uh, it's a little pricey for what it is. Yeah, and I have had the most. It wasn't at a Benny but it was at a Benny knockoff mm-hmm. in Alabama. Okay, I had the most awkward dining experience of my life. Which was I had just I was with there with a I was in there with a work colleague. Okay, and we're sitting at the hibachi. But there's normally you have like a group of people. Some of right. them you know, some of them you don't. Right, a couple families. Yeah. This was like a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. so it's just me and this work friend, <laughs> and the chef. Don't they have like the regular tables though too? But Not you in this one. Oh wow! It was all hibachi. Okay. And the guy insisted on doing the whole show for oh. the two of us. And he's, like, flipping the shrimp into your cup. Uh, would you say a good work friend or just, like, a... No, this is not even a work friend I got along super well it's with. It's just an acquaintance. Yeah. And the work friend loved it. Oh, was no. Was, like, clapping. Yay! Yeah! It was a lot like that. And I just had to sit there thinking, I I really just want pork fried rice. Oh, I really yeah. just want the pork fried... If we could just skip to the pork fried rice... Yeah. Oh. Did you have to catch shrimp in front of your one work acquaintance? No, I didn't. I wasn't doing any of it. Did he? Oh, Did your friend? He was thrilled to, of course. Can I have your shrimp? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, this yeah. has been a good show. I've been very happy with this show. As good as we could we could have done without Ty and his locking up of Notre Dame. Once again, it's Ty locking up Notre Dame. It's the non-Ty show of the month of October. Of better this, than yesterday's? Year. Better than yesterday's with Bruce. Take that, Bruce Feldman. Wow, and Bruce called me the true talent of the show. Okay. Uh, yes, Bruce was on the phone. It's hard to it's hard to create magic when you're on the phone across the country, whereas Ty and I I'll connect. I'll tell you what, Bruce, if you're mad, I will take you to Benihana. That's, see? Look, an this olive is, branch. But this is only after Staples comes in the hot tub. Yeah, that's the call out. So yeah, once again, if you, we're not doing a secret verbal tonight. No, just a straight... Straight gauntlet. Please tell Andy Staples that if provided with the opportunity. And why wouldn't he be? Right. He must, must enter the hot tub. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to rephrase that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going, he must come into the jacuzzi. Jacuzzi, yeah. He must come into the jacuzzi and record the the sequel aquatic, the solid aquatic. The solid aquatic, the aquatic verbal. The aquatic verbal. The liquid verbal. The liquid verbal, (laughs) the next time we record in a body of water. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it'll be the Dead Sea. A grotto. It could be a grotto. I take that. Uh, Uh, An above ground pool. uh Uh-huh. Sure. Not a bathtub. Too cozy. I think it depends on the tub. All right. Maybe a bathtub. Maybe a bathtub. Bubbles, though. Yeah. Gotta have bubbles. You you gotta leave some mystery. Yeah. All right. You, me, Ty, Andy, Spencer. Spencer, Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Bill Hancock? We're just just overwhelmed with masculinity. (laughs) It's true. And me. (laughs) Well, yeah. And me. Uh, All right. Quickly, thank you, everybody, for listening. Ty will be back. Next Wednesday, so you're going to be you're going to be dealing with the same two voices you're hearing right now on Sunday. But you know what? Even if you don't like it, yeah, you'll you'll download. You like it. Um, the show will be up relatively early Sunday, so that's good news. We have been going a little bit later, but uh, Sunday show will be up early. And I want to thank once again everybody that has been sharing the show has been fantastic. Every listener, every downloader is fantastic in his or her own way. But the people that are kind enough to share and pass along the solid verbal onto their friends via Facebook, sharing and liking, via Twitter, via whatever means, emailing, whatever, you're all fantastic. And we just want to say uh, a thank you. Ryan, not Ryan. This is from this is from Ty and myself. Yeah, I, I don't care about yeah, any of this. He's not at all invested. Although you did mention in the last episode with Ty, you did mention somebody that I know from college. Really? Yeah. First name? Yeah. First and last. No, I obviously. Yeah. You probably knew like a Brian, but like. Oh well. What was yeah. the first name of the person you knew? Rich. From? Rich. Yeah. We're sad. We're shouting out double shout out to Dubs. Rich. Uh, do you like Rich? Well, we we haven't like kept up super well, but he was a fun guy in college. Yeah. How did you know him? Uh, we partied. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's Florida. You don't know that many. people. Where does he live school. now? Is he still in Florida? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I think he just had a daughter who's maybe like a year old. She seemed cute. Are you Facebook friends with Rich? She, yeah. She's very she's very Facebook adorable. Very Facebook adorable. Shout out to Rich and his Facebook adorable one-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, we'll call her Nancy. I apologize if she's much older than that. <laughs> she's nine. <laughs> um, all right. Stephen Partain, Adam Stevenson, Ed Blaney, Zach Mott, Jeremy Stutz. I read that as sluts in my head, and I hope he has not been made fun of for that sort of differentiation uh patrick fleming kyle nelson jordan devonport first of all shout out to canada because we are international son travis jones emily patterson nathan klein how would you pronounce this vruden yakov vruden jakov yakov i think vruden yakov i like vruden as a first name that's a very john vruden john vruden matt mccray lance davis kevin sutherland dan blakesley i like that last name blakesley it sounds like mike gillisley Mm -hmm. harkens back to a simpler time yeah 
Uh, Andrew Conyers, we'll call him Andy, Andy Conyers, Barry Reed, another Emily. Don't just, don't just shoot by Barry Reed. Did I shoot by Barry Reed? Oh my God. Let's, let's savor Barry Reed. That sounds like a made up name. But a great one. It is a great made up name. Barry Reed sounds like somebody that a woman would cheat with at work on, on her husband. Possibly. It's all- you d- who who is he? In B- the, Barry? In the say I think in the more kinder version of this scenario, yeah. it's your divorced mom's boyfriend. New boyfriend, yes. They they don't get married. They don't get married. They don't get married. They date for two years and it's cool. They it just They go their separate they just ways. They want different things. But do you grow to love Barry? You do love Barry, but as you get older you understand why Barry and mom didn't, didn't work. work out. Okay. Fair enough. That's Barry, you, Barry Reed. <laughs> Barry Reed. Uh, what would Barry? What in, Barry, in this scenario? What does Barry Reed do for a living? He owns a pool supply store. Successfully. Oh yeah, like three of them. He. Oh wow. Yeah. Barry's pool supply. What state are we talking about? Uh. Is, it's not. Doesn't sound like a Florida name. No, it's more southwestern. I mm. think maybe like a New Mexico. I would say Tucson. Yeah. Barry Reed is the Tucson pool supply king. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow, and he's dating your mom. Not my mom. Not yours. A mom. A mom. Um, Emily Rios, which we should mention, double Emily week. Emily Patterson and Emily yeah. Rios. So shout out to the Emilys of the world. Owen Johnson, Jordan Hunt, and of course, of course, we ride with Brandon McKissick. We ride. What if we? What if? What happens if we don't? Let's uh, not find out. Let's, let's not, not find, find out. out. The thing is, though. Brandon McKissick needs to lead a very safe and controversy-free life. Because if all of a sudden it was like, he strangled, like, a ton of senior citizens. Right. If you're like, oh, that the guy who embezzled from the Girl Scouts of America? Yeah. Brandon McKissick. Brandon McKissick. So you, we've said that we ride with him enough. Oh, so he, there's a lot, yeah. So Ooh. we're we're counting on it's him a lot leading. Of pressure. Right. Like, Brandon McKissick, uh, a ring of some really messed up prostitutes. Brandon, if you're not living life right, just yeah. let us know. There's no pressure to live life right, right. going forward. Just let, let us, us know, know now. so we can stop riding. Yes, we need to stop riding with you. We need to stop you. riding. Yeah, so I, I guess if he just sends us a social or something so we could do some background. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something Mom's easy. Maiden. <laughs> Mom's maiden social. Uh, and maybe some prints. Maybe yeah. some prints. Good prints. Like, get them clean, though. Actually, I want Prince and Prince. I want a Prince album from Brandon wow. McKissick. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you very much for Ryan Nanny for, for standing in, sitting in, drinking beer, and previewing college football games. That should be entertaining and hilarious and all of the above. Uh, we will see you Sunday to wrap up all of these games. Please do, if you are so inclined, share the show on Facebook, share the show on Twitter. We love you all very, very much. And... Uh, We'll be doing some Facebook chats, so look out for that. Like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. This is Ty's spiel that I never have to do. Follow us on Twitter, at SolidVerbal. Email us at SolidVerbal at gmail.com. Follow us on FanCred. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, email. Did I hit everything I needed to hit? Look for us in the yellow pages. Mm, verbal, comma, solid. Verbal, comma, solid. The. Ver- the. Verbal, comma, the solid. T, it's it's T period solid. T solid verbal. Verbal, comma, like T Boone T Pickens. Solid. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I respect that. Thank you all very much for listening. Until we speak to you again, stay solid. And by all means, peace!